Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in as we continue to talk with leaders in our community. Joining me today is Cindy Buchanan with Whitby Island Angels. When COVID hit, Cindy saw people reaching out on Facebook to get help. And so she did what she always does when she sees a need, she filled it. It wasn't long before she had the whole community involved in helping others get by during COVID, supplying food and necessities to seniors and those who suffered losses during the pandemic. Welcome, Tanya and Cindy. I'm so glad to have you on the show. We're glad to be here. So Cindy and I raised our kids together, and that's how I found out about Woodby Island Angels because I follow her on Facebook. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what it is, and then we'll get into how it all came about. What we do here is we're a grassroots nonprofit organization. We help anybody and anybody on Woodby Island from north to south with food, finding resources for medical and bills and helping with their animals, transportation, any numerous things that they might be in need of that they're having a hard time getting their hands on or help with. And now we have a location in town that people can actually come to. Before, it was just out of my house. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. I saw that on Facebook, but I also noticed over the weekend, somebody lost their house to a fire. And because I'm connected with Whidbey, I saw it. And right away, I see you on there saying, who is it? How can we help? Yeah. And the fire actually restarted again yesterday morning and they had to go back out. Cindy, it seems like this started when COVID started. Is that when when this all started to come about? Yes, it did. Actually, it was how it came about was a lady had posted on Facebook. She had seen an ad. Somebody had posted, you know, I have some food to give away. If anybody's interested, uh, shoot me a text. She didn't reach it in time, messaged her, and I said, what do you need? And she didn't answer. She didn't answer. I think at that point, she was kind of embarrassed. So I personally messaged her, and then we started talking, and she was a senior lady. She had COPD. Her husband had stage three kidney cancer, I believe it was, and they were just unable to get out of the house since COVID started, couldn't get any food, couldn't get anything. So I went back online, told all the people what she needed. And so everybody just got together, started assembling things and we had it dropped off and brought it up to her. And it actually was more than what we thought we were going to get. It filled my whole Nissan Xterra. I mean, front and back and my front seat. So we filled her cupboards, her refrigerator and her freezers. After that, people started reaching out more and more saying they need things. As time went on, I just started collecting people, helping me and going along and gathering and getting people what their needs were. Then people started reaching out. People were needing help with their cell phone bills. They were unable to pay for their cell phone bills. People were unable to come up with enough gas to get to work. We had people needing tires. You know, it just kept growing that people were running out of funds and running out of things to keep going to work or keep them afloat. I stayed working, but in between that, we all filled in and I started building a team of people from the island and we just all started working together. So this just happened because you saw a need and you decided to fill it. You reached out and people said, yeah, we can help. Yep. And it's just grown. I mean, it's grown. Actually, in fact, just recently, I just got a text from a man. His friend was passing away and he said, could you please see that my car gets to a single mom with kids and she's just struggling and 
he asked me to reach out and the guy recently passed. And so I got a phone call yesterday and I was able to gift the car to a, a young mom going to school, had no car. She was using other people to get to and from school. So those things that get done. We help numerous people that need from, like I said, the fires. I mean, the fires have been crazy and these people lose everything down to their animals. We had one fire recently that completely devastated his whole place. And he had one of my puppies that I had given him and the puppy had burnt up in the fire. That was his biggest loss. And fortunately, my dog's about to have puppies again. They're little bull terriers. So he gets to choose the pick of the litter as soon as they're born. He's so excited in two weeks. He gets his new puppy. <laughs> he told me as he prays every day that this dog looks like the dog he lost. And if the dog comes out looking like his old one, he swears to me he's going to go to church. Well, there you go. Because <laughs> then he, he truly believes there's a God if he gets a new dog like that, he said. <laughs> How did it come about you getting a building? Because Tanya and I both ran out of spaces at our house to keep everything. <laughs> I think my neighbors were starting to hate me because my carport was like a storage unit, everything in it. I think we're just finally coming to the grips that we're getting everything out of my carport now. It's, we have two storage units and the resource centers so that we have enough storage to keep everything under wraps. And how do you pay for that? It all comes from just donations. Everything in our store, like I say, there's people that come in here and they have no money to spend on anything and they need clothing, they need housewares, they need food, they can come in and just get that. And then we have other people that walk in and see things that they like and leave a good donation just for being able to get one thing and that pays for everybody else. So it's just pay it forward. People are great about paying it forward. One person will come in and pick up one thing and leave you $20. And some people will just come in and find out what we're doing and leave us five, 10, $20, whatever's in their pocket, because they think it's a great thing. Especially knowing that people can come in here and just get things and walk out with them because we don't pay anything for these products. We pay to house them. Like I said, we get so many people paying more than what they should that it it actually enables us to keep our space, pay our gas, the few bills that we have. Everything's donations. And the people that help, they're all volunteers? Everybody's a volunteer. Everybody. Tell somebody who's listening who's like, I've always wanted to do something like that, but I don't know how. I think it's just in your heart. I mean, if you see somebody that needs something, you're, you're just going to either want to put out and just start helping. I mean, I had no idea we would be to what we are now. We have so much stuff that we can help people with their needs. We had a lady come in yesterday that lost everything, her job, everything. She needs an oil change desperately for her car. So she just got a job and is able to go to work, but she's way overdue on her oil change. So we reached out, we put an ad on our page seeing if anybody could help her out. And somebody did right away. And she's going down to Simmons and getting an oil change that somebody else has paid for. I think that's so amazing because it's a, that that small community feeling. I think when people need help, I used to volunteer at the Family Resource Center at the school, and it was always so hard for people to ask for help. And I think COVID sort of threw us into a situation where we realized me today, you tomorrow. And so what amazed me with the people I've been interviewing is the generosity of people. We think, oh, everybody's lost their job. Nobody has money. And yet... We have seen such incredible generosity. Can you talk about that? Well, there's always something that somebody has 
something that can help somebody else and it's vice versa. The, the way I look at our page is somebody will say, well, don't you have room in your center to put this? And I said, you know what? Just put it on our page because there's somebody out there that needs what you got and you're trying to get rid of it. And you'd be amazed how many people just jump on there and they're all working to help each other, get each other what they need. We, we placed an ad yesterday, a lady wanted some food. Another lady had it, but both ladies were both wheelchair bound. So neither one could get to it, nor could she deliver. But we put an ad out there. Okay. There's somebody that can give it to her. Somebody that can't get it. Is there anybody that can deliver it? And sure enough, somebody steps up to deliver it. You know what I found with volunteers? It's like, we all want to help people, but then when we do it, the feeling we get from helping is so amazing. It's a good paycheck, isn't it? Yeah, right? (laughs) It's so worth it. I just love it that you just stepped up. There was a need and you, you filled it and it's been so fun to watch. First, it was you and the community, and then it got a name. We'd be Island Angels. And I just love how it has grown. And I think in the past before COVID, if you had a need, you had to like fill out a whole form and you had to everywhere you went, you had to fill out that form. And it just got to the point where it was almost easier to go without. The fact that you're trusting people, you're saying you have a need, we'll fill it. There's not a lot of hoopla. Yeah, there's no paperwork involved with us. You just ask if we feel uncomfortable, we might ask a few more questions or we'll help you once if If we felt that you didn't use us correctly, then you might not get help again. But we always got to give the first chance. You don't know. And you can't judge. Like I tell some of our delivery drivers, they'll go out and deliver to somewhere. And they say, oh, man, they had some nice cars in their driveway. They didn't need anything. I said, but how do you know that those people have those nice cars? They bought them when they were working and everything was great. And then COVID hit. And they're like seven, eight months behind in their car payment. And you know what? They may not have their car tomorrow. Some tow truck may be coming up, pulling that right out of their driveway and it'll be gone tomorrow. I love that. I remember helping a Christmas event once and this woman had a brand new car because she had a brand new job and she parked way down the street. And I said, how come you park so far away? You're going to have to carry all this. And she said, well, I was afraid people would see my new car and they would think I didn't need help for my kids. And I thought that's so sad because I hear you so freely say, we can't judge, we don't know. And if more of us were like that, it would be so great because it's so easy to quickly come to a judgment. And who are we to think we know what people need? Exactly. And you don't know if they're borrowing the car. What if it was a gift? You know, there's so many things that it could have been that you can't make that call. You just can't. People before COVID, some of the people that are asking for help that are having a hard time asking for help have never been in this situation before. Never been in the situation where, wow, we're the people who need help. How do you go about asking? How do you get it? How do you not be embarrassed about it? Sometimes things just happen. Mm -hmm. Stuff happens. You never know. When people are critics, I always say, how do you know you're family member or your best friend or someone you know, coworker, isn't doing the same thing. They just don't tell you. And you have no idea that they're struggling because you don't ask. You assume everything's fine for everybody. 
even though they might be working every day, but you don't know, maybe their mother's struggling and they have to take half of what they got and help their mother or their brother. You have no idea. We're finding so many family members moving in together because they can't make it unless they're all living together. There's multiple families and helping each other. When I was a single mom, I had to get help and it was so hard. I wanted to be the helper. I didn't want to be helped. But what I realized is asking for help is really hard. But when we do that and we receive help, which is really hard, we become better givers because we know what it's like. It's like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of our givers are the ones that have had to ask for help. And the other cool thing is, is a lot of the people that were asking for help in the beginning are now turning around and able to help us because they've gotten to the point where they can turn around and make it go back the other way. So they're helping other people. The whole point of the program is to help you get on your feet. If you need the food, they let us give you the food and save that money and put it towards something else so that you can get caught up on that. Each thing you got to knock off one by one. You can't, if you don't take help in certain areas, you're not ever going to get ahead. Right. And sometimes it's those small things that take down one barrier and then you've got the hope that you can do mm -hmm. more because when this hit, people lost hope. They, when they lost their job and, and had to ask for help, it was so hard when somebody comes beside you without judgment and says, well, hey, let's get you some gas or some food and then you can take care of the rest. Yeah, because now I only have to do this much. It helps ease the pressure, I think, mm -hmm. on a lot of things. It just takes pressure away. So as you've grown and now you see yourself in the future, what do you see for Whidbey Island Angels? After being in this little space, we have so outgrown it. It's not funny. Future, I just want a bigger space so that we can keep providing the help we do. I mean, there's lots of things we talk about doing and being able to provide and help. What I'd also like to do is alleviate so many organizations doing this to where we work more together. Because if we mo work more together under one organization, people aren't donating to a whole bunch of organizations. We can just all put together the one and work so much better and harder to get things out to people. Right now, it's kind of funny because we're pretty small, but right now we help the Garage of Blessings with their food pantry. We help Kata with their food. We help Ryan's house with their food every week for all the kids. We work with when we work with the soup kitchen, we provide their foods for the making the soup in the soup kitchen. A lot of programs have lost their things that they can get help on. So we're kind of the outreach resource center that we can help all these other groups out. We work with a lot of social workers because there's a lot of things they can't do for their people. Mm -hmm. So they'll usually reach out to us. And we also have a birthday club for our seniors and our children. So every month our seniors and children get birthday presents delivered to them. Then we do our Christmas program, our Thanksgiving program, our Easter program. We're about to have a raffle for our Father's Day gift. So every holiday we try to raffle off things to make more money for the angels to bring in to help with other things. So you mentioned that some other organizations, for instance, have lost funding and can't help as much. How do you connect with them to keep all this going? Start making phone calls and reach out. Ryan's house has started out small. And then as they started to get less and less donations, we've been up there more. We go up at least once or twice a week. We 
provide them with their meats, their breads, their all their essentials that they need for yeah. food. Remind me what Ryan's house is. It's the house for teenagers have nowhere to go and are trying to find themselves. Um, they help them get jobs. Ryan's house is actually really good for the teens that have nowhere to go. And they house kids up to the age of 24. I know when I was a single mom, there was different organizations that all did Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then they kind of all got together and did one big thing. So are you part of that big Christmas that goes on there? We actually did something separate. We actually opened up at the Freeland Hall. We took a bunch of gently used items, clothing, housewares, anything we could get. We filled up a section and we lined it all up so that people could come in and get things for their families. And then we also had a sign up sheet for their kids. And we did like 375 kids. Yeah, it was 176 families, 375 kids. For Christmas. We have a Christmas tree farm. They helped us with Christmas trees. Toys for Tots donated a humongous amounts of toys for our kids. And the community was amazing of how much stuff we got for the kids. Easter was pretty amazing, too. We had 162 kids that we passed out baskets to. Wow. And set up out front. We had a little Easter bunny. We had a wonderful Easter here. Have you so, seen any spinoffs now so, since you've started this of people going, hey, I'm doing this in my community and asking for your advice? Not yet, but I'm waiting. I would really like to see this take off. So if somebody wants to reach out to you, how do they get a hold of you? Through the Whidbey Island Angels Facebook page. And we also have a Whidbey Island Angels Resource Center page that they can get in touch with us through. People are welcome to come in at any time of the week and get food. We get fresh breads delivered. We have dairy. We have meat. All that stuff people need to come in and get to help with their families. We have a whole section for babies, diapers, wipes, all bathing stuff, food. Same for the seniors. We carry Insure, all their incontinence, all that type of stuff for the seniors. Anything basically people need, we carry. So if somebody was keeping an eye on their neighbor who was a senior and they had some needs, they could come to you and say, Hey, I've got this neighbor and this is. Yep. And we, we just ask for their address and what their needs are. And we just take it right straight to them. We try to get most people to either pick up here. We will deliver to seniors and people medically compromised or people that just don't have any transportation. So this has been going on over a year now. Yep. March 15th was our one year mark. I just interviewed an organization called Treehouse and they do pretty much what you're doing, but they do it for foster families and foster kids. So like when a kid has to leave home quickly, they can go there and get clothes and things that they need. Do people in the foster care system there on the island know about you? Is that is that somebody you reach out to? I'm sure they do. We work with the DSHS and a lot of the other organizations. They didn't have a means to get some certain things that we were able to get. And they reached out to us and we were able to get them some bites. I know with foster care, that's one of the hard things is you don't know what age kids are going to come to your house. So you can't keep every age of clothes. And I know when my daughter, they called and said, we have a baby. And she said, well, we asked for teenagers and they go, but we have a baby. And she said, well, we don't have anything for a baby. And, and they told this was in California, but they said, oh, don't worry. We have resources to get you everything you need. And I thought, what a great thing if you were going to foster that you didn't have to worry about 
spending a ton of money that you could come here and get what you needed. Or if you didn't have it, what I love is how you reach out and get what you need. Yeah, it works really well. And how many people are willing to help that way? Well, you know, I did foster care for 12 years. I did not know that. 26 kids. Well, that's how I had Jesse. He was the last one I had and he he was one I adopted. And then I had his one sister. I only did kids from 10 up because the babies always got homes. Yeah. Always. And this actually is uh, National Foster Care Month. June is. And so I'm glad we're talking about it because done it. I didn't do it, but my daughter has fostered and then they did end up adopting three. It's not for the weak of heart. I will say that. Also, if you can just not take things personal, you will do well. But there's such a need right now. And foster kids have really suffered because when there's a crisis, that's when people move them out. And so I know even though my grandkids are adopted, so they are with the family, when the pandemic hit and everything went crazy, even though they couldn't say the words, they acted out because I think they thought, oh, no, this is when this is when we get moved to a new home. Yeah, isn't that a terrible thing? I mean, how much they get moved around is amazing. Doing the teenagers, that's how I found out how much they got moved around. When I got my teenagers, I never lost one. They never went away. They, Jesse stayed with me until he's 24. And if they can graduate and have a family, whether they're adopted or not, they are going to be so much more successful. Yeah, they are. It's just like anything else. It's just time spent with the kids. Always a good thing to point out people who say that foster kids. I had one comment come from one of the teachers that one of my kids had and said, why do you waste your time? They're just throwaway kids. And I was like, what did I just hear you say that? I think you're in the wrong profession. They are not throwaway kids. It's so sad to hear that. All mine came out great. That's awesome. They're just like every other kid. Cindy, I see your heart. What I think is so amazing is not only do you have the heart, you actually do things. You actually put in motion what you care about. So becoming a foster parent or starting this. And I think if people could put their fears aside and just jump in and not worry about the outcome as much as getting it done, I think it would go a long way. What would you say about that? Yep. You just got to go for it and not worry because it's just life. If we worried about everything, we wouldn't go very far. (laughs) Right. But I often, as a life coach, this is what I see. People have these wonderful ideas, but they get caught up in the fear. Yeah, they're scared. They're just scared because... What if it doesn't come out right? What if you make mistakes? But people make mistakes. It is scary. Isn't that how we grow and learn? That's exactly it. If we didn't have those moments, we wouldn't experience things that we needed to Mm -hmm. and learn from and avoid. Yeah, right. (laughs) Thank you so much, Cindy. If somebody wants to reach out to you, they can go to Whidbey Island Angels. Whidbey is spelled W-H-I-D-B-E-Y, in case you didn't know. Whidbey Island Angels on Facebook. We started our Facebook page in uh, December 22nd. We're already up at 1,600 members, so it's growing really fast. That's so great. So if you have thought about doing something like this and you need a little kick in the rear, <laughs> so yeah, help I'd be happy to help anybody else learn to do this anywhere else, because the more this happens in other places, 
the better off we're all going to be. It just makes for a tight community. I work with a lot of people with mental health issues. We've had some people that we reach out to and I'll go, you need to talk to so-and-so because they suffer from the same issues as you do. And there's been a lot of connections with people that now they're connecting together with the same issues. And we've got several ladies that suffer from angophoria. And now there's a group of them that communicate with each other because they know they're not the only ones out there. You connect them. Yeah. Yeah. And the one lady, she's been in her house for 20 years, not been out. And now she's all over Facebook talking, taking pictures of herself. And now she's ready to have a garage sale. And just by talking to other people, telling her it's okay. It's okay. One woman, she's been struggling for quite a while. And I've been working with her since we did this. And she didn't have a car. We had a person that was really great. He stepped up, gave his mother's car to her. And now she's got a car and she's able to get around and do things for all. And now that she's got the car, she's helping other people to get to the doctors. So she's paying forward. And then at one point I thought they were even going to make a love connection. (laughs) Matchmaking (laughs) is next on your list. I love it. That's the biggest thing I see because, you know, I interview so many nonprofits. Plus I work with so many nonprofits. And what I love is they come, they get help, and then they turn around and they reach back and pull somebody else up. And I love that. And that's what we have needed during COVID. We needed it before. We just didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah, and I like to say what we're doing is a virus that you want to catch. Oh, I love that. Angel's virus, you want to catch it. You can give it to anybody. Well, thank you so much. And I just, I love the good you're doing. And I and I also just want to reiterate that when we help others, I love what you said. It's a paycheck. It's It's like nothing else to be able to help somebody else out. Yep, so. exactly. So Whidbey Island Angels, reach out and uh, start your own or donate to them, bring things to them, go visit them and see what they're doing. (laughs) Please do. Yeah. So good work. Good job. I'm proud of you. Keep it up. Bye-bye. I'm Lori Hardy. Thanks for listening in today. We hope you've learned something new and maybe you're going to try something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.